every time I go out and come back to Hashram, these are few feelings which fill my heart and I'm sure of many others who have experienced the contrast. First is the sense of wonder and gratitude. Just now I was seeing these children dancing and you know, life can be so beautiful, so simple. As if we, really she has created a world where we are protected and shielded, though not isolated from the tremendous forces of the world. And yet something like an envelope of her love, which is not difficult, impossible to find, at least that is my experience anywhere, even in the most isolated and beautiful places. And secondly, when one goes out, one sees, experiences the utter artificiality sometimes, massive superstructure built with an extreme effort of the mind and human intelligence. But somewhere one feels that within it the soul is trapped and lost. It's a strange feeling of as if one is moving in a realm which is at one level non-existent. And then yes, one is filled with humility and uh, salutations to those who in those difficult conditions are still keeping the flame of aspiration alive. It's not easy. At least um, within India it's still alright because there is a general envelope and enveloping spiritual consciousness which is in the roots. So one can probably touch the soil and feel it. But it's very difficult when one goes outside. It's almost suffocating. This is the impression. And then when one comes, comes back and comes to this beautiful world, <laughs> despite whatever, all the issues, <laughs> they are nothing compared to the difficulties, the challenges. I'm not speaking of the external things like money problems and all that, but far worse, the depravity of the human consciousness, the poverty of thought, the poverty of feelings, a psychic and spiritual poverty, if one may use the word. And that hits one very hard. Compared to which the poverty we see here is nothing. <laughs> the hearts are still alive, the soul is still responds to that vibration. Anyways, it's not that good things are not happening, beautiful things are happening. I was very touched with the, uh, suddenly in India and all over the world, this love towards animals. Mother spoke about, when she spoke about the Superman, in the very beginning, she said one thing will be that he will not be cruel towards those who are subordinate to him. Unlike man himself, man is very cruel towards animals. But Superman, let us hope, will not be cruel towards man and the lower ones, beings. And it's very nice to see this awakening coming up. Um, I mean, we saw the case of Shaktiman where a lot of people responded that horse was killed brutally. And people responded with the feeling that it's, it's a, as if like worse than murdering a human being. And recently when a, uh, obviously a half deranged man, uh, not officially deranged though, but worse than that, deranged people are not that bad, picked up a dog, a MBBS student and threw down on the floor. And a lot of people um, within the medical college, they said that, look, this man should not, should be disqualified from studying medicine. This is something very nice. And the latest which I saw was um, many elephants being killed in Europe. And there is a for tusk, ivory tusk. So we are not the only fellows who do brutal things. All over the world this happens. 
so um, again online petition against this so before signing uh, i remembered because very often people say you should not sign any such petition but mother herself signed a petition there was no online petition that time but there was a petition when seals were being killed so when seals were being killed in um, you know south african coast and other places a request had come a petition had gone around and people wanted the mother to sign it and she signed it and they spoke about the seals that you know how they are killing and this is dangerous seals are very conscious animals and then she also did occultly something which was to be done she gave the seals the message to change their breeding habitat the interesting part is that they actually have changed their breeding habitat though scientists say it's because of the global warming changes in temperature but i suspect the cause is the effect i mean the seals have changed their breeding habitat and as a result there is a change in the environment because it's a whole chain you can't disconnect one thing polar bears will move now elsewhere to have their food so all this has affected and probably this is you know one cause and climatic change mother herself has spoken about it so this this is a good thing definitely other good things are also happening then of course but what is occupying another good thing is ganges and i had thought we'll talk about the ganges today particularly because shurbindo has written a beautiful poem on the ganges it's not among the well known poems but that'll be maybe next to next class because what occupied the consciousness last one week a little more than that is the phenomenon of terrorism of course terrorism is taking place for a long time but a new change which has come in the pattern so the day i was leaving us we had bombing in turkey and the flight took a diverted route it started from there and then two bombings in bangladesh other places i am forgetting somewhere in europe also and then the recent one which we just saw in bangladesh and of course jnk that trouble so and kerala people going to join islamic state so the interesting part in this phenomena which has been taking place for a long time is initially they blamed it on poverty but now they found that there are children of rich people well to do people then it was blamed on lack of education but in this recent one week almost all of them are educated from very good places top colleges in bangladesh people who are doctors engineers from kerala who have gone and joined europe where there is liberality so this was also that because of oppression but obviously it's not oppression because europe is a very liberal country and there are more terrorists or rather more people joining the isis from europe than elsewhere so it's strange so everyone is trying to understand what is at the roots of this why they are doing it and any amount of intellectual analysis i believe cannot take us to the root of the problem because the problem lies at a still deeper at a more occult level so i was going through mother and shubindu's writings and i saw that how well they have actually seen all this and um, also given solutions uh, how far reaching the vision is of course we see that much of this terrorism find its support in some kind of religious impulse at some point of time one reason is that it's the law of earth that anything that doesn't evolve will begin to disintegrate this is this is the law individuals it applies when the body begins to grow it begins to 
breakdown starts with the neurons in the brain and slowly everything this is the of course it's genetically programmed like that but anything which doesn't grow if we don't use the mind the mind begins to slowly lose its function if we don't listen to the psychic voice it begins to go in the background mother speaks about it that if it speaks listen to it otherwise it will recede in the background so either we grow or we go down slip down for earth this is the law so in religions if there is no evolutionary mechanism inbuilt in it then it's bound to go down over a period of time and we have for example in the indian religions sanatan dharma this is an inbuilt evolutionary mechanism so we have books there are books but no book is regarded as an absolute authority and there are always masters who will come and relook at the text in their own way and they are the ones who are regarded as going beyond the word in in fact all the scriptures the gita says go beyond the written word and the spoken word sabd brahmati vartate so there is a mechanism to go beyond the word into the spiritual experience and realization which is higher than what is written in a text so text and their interpretations by the pandits is not the real thing the real thing is going beyond to the experience and realization which is always valued then there is a living lineage of masters which are accepted so there is no one book one man plenty of then wideness and catholicity of approach if a religion is very wide and allows for many sided approach and most importantly it should be plastic to evolve with time so the emphasis is not on the external codes but on the inner change which is called in india as dharma so there will be evolution which can carry it further but if something remains rigid and narrow it's bound to be break down and then when it breaks down just as when the human body breaks down and the human vital disintegrates not supported by the psychic being within then it becomes a prey to all the forces of the vital world we see we know this after death as long as we are living we are protected one by the body and the second by the psychic presence inside which prevents many kind of things but the moment the psychic leaves and shubhendra has used a very interesting word with regard to religions he has said from which the truth recedes into the secrecies of its silence he says this is what has happened to the religions and then whatever power is left behind the vital energy the thought behind is immediately all kinds of forces rush upon it and snatch it away and misuse it for their own purposes so when i was looking into savitri what does shirvindo say in relig- about religion it occurs only at four or five places in fact only in four cantos the word religion comes and all of them all the places it comes with a negative connotation and we can see all the religions of different shades in these at one place and it's so full of humor humor is so much in savitri he speaks about the godheads of the little life where there is very little man lives to eat build a house buy a mercedes car educate the children have a family and then die with maybe the latest figure was somebody who died with 192 children and grandchildren around it made a news someone in china <laughs> and they asked all of them how do you feel now i was wondering the good part is the the great part is not that he had 192 person but they were all happy that is indeed a a miracle one has to concede that this is a miracle but here at this level shubhendra says only 
religion in this bankruptcy presents its dubious riches to our hearts we don't know but dubious no no don't worry you will go to heaven you will sit in vaikuntha kailash will be your home dubious riches <laughs> this is even better or signs unprovisioned checks on the beyond <laughs> if you do this fasting you will be you know uh, go there or maybe your husband will live longer and all kinds of stuff but unprovisioned checks <laughs> on the beyond our poverty shall there have its revenge our spirits depart discarding a futile life into the blank unknown or with them take death's passport into immortality is of course full of subtle uh, and not so subtle irony which we can all recognize so this one type of religious uh, impulse and its dying course like you know the ganges dying then again in descent into night and we can recognize i don't have to name the religions a zealot fervor pushed their ruthless cults all faith not theirs bled scouts as heresy they questioned captived tortured burned or smote and forced the soul to abandon right or die amid her clashing creeds and warring sects religion sat upon a blood stained throne this we can recognize and we know question literally what happened in uh, this place orlando question asked even bangladesh tell us can you decide this what is your faith and then they were killed smote burned tyrannized and the third place also is descent into night extreme and the good part is that when we see an extreme phenomena that means it's round the corner it's going to end and we can see today world united against terror in fact it's very interesting uh, in the indian parliament which is known to always fight whatever the government says regardless of who is there the opposition will contradict but for a change today they had a headline united indian parliament <laughs> united against terror <laughs> for the first time not even cricket matches can unite the government and the opposition but against terror suddenly they realized it's come too close with its claws on the throat the writhing of creatures under the harrow of doom and sorrow's tragic gaze into the night and horror and the hammering heart of fear were the ingredients in time's heavy cup that pleased and helped to enjoy its bitter taste of such fear stuff was made up life's long hell these were the threads of the dark spider's web we'll read about this dark spider's web in mother's writings which i have taken out what is this dark spider and how he occupies the throne of religions in which the soul was caught quivering and apt this was religion this was nature's rule in a fell chapel of iniquity shobindo's description is graphic to worship a black pitiless image of power kneeling one must cross hard hearted stony courts a pavement like a floor of evil fate and from each window peered an ominous priest chanting te dooms for slaughter's crowning grace 
uprooted cities blasted human homes all this in the context of religion burned ridden bodies the bomb shells massacre our enemies are fallen are fallen they sang reminds us of the gita when shri krishna speaks of the asuri sampada these are their thoughts oh my enemies are defeated and they gloat over it they are very happy my enemies are fallen how would a god like being respond shobindo says my rivals downfall is my own disgrace i look at my enemy and see krishna's face this is divinity but where oh my enemies they are gone they have lost they have fallen this is all who once stayed our will are smitten and dead how great we are how merciful art thou so we can very clearly see and there is no place for pity there this took the figure of a dark and god it was a world of sorrow and hate sorrow with hatred for its lonely joy hatred with other sorrow as its feast then some may say no 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 we have we understand we have gone beyond it we don't we are not religious we follow methods of meditation sects cults but is the same impulse to become narrow my guru mine is the best come get converted into my sect this is how it starts later on it becomes a hard crystallized religion so shubhendra doesn't spare that also and here also we can see certain religions even meditation mused on a narrow seat this also is full of gentle irony this is in the inner countries book 7 canto 3 and worship turned to an exclusive god god of love or a god of justice or a god impersonal god exclusive god and now the you know the the humor part of it to the universal in a chapel prayed god is universal he is everywhere but you must pray to him only in a fixed place to the universal in a chapel prayed or kneeled to the bodiless impersonal there is no personal there is no personality but you kneel to the bodiless impersonal what an irony a mind shut to the cry and fire of love this also we'll read in mother's writings a rational religion dried the heart it planned a smooth life's acts with ethics rule do's and don'ts or offered a cold and flameless sacrifice the sacred book lay on its sanctified desk wrapped in interpretations silken strings a credo sealed up its spiritual sense so these are the various types of and this is inevitable because as the mother has declared i must say boldly that the age of religions is over many people find it very discomforting when people ask shubhendra that is this a place for hindu religions shubhendra said no <laughs> so they wondered because shubhendra speaks of krishna kali mahasaraswati maheshwari well they are facts of inner life and their experiences it doesn't turn it into a religion just as the mother experienced contact with christ siddhartha the buddha and many masters in her inner meditation that doesn't make it a hindu religion or a christian religion or any religion so people also again thought oh then shurbindo has come and given a new religion so that also the mother makes it very clear 
Many people say that Shurabindo's teachings are a new religion. Would you call it a religion? Mother is asked. So mother reads her answer. I wrote, Those who say that are simpletons and don't even know what they are talking about. It is enough to read everything Shurabindo has written to know that it is impossible, and she underlines it, to found a religion upon his writings. Since for each problem, for each question, he presents all aspects and while demonstrating the truth contained in each approach, he explains that to attain the truth, a synthesis must be effected. That's why we see long sentences sometimes and that's why quoting simple Shurabindo and the mother, it's not a very healthy thing. Some people want that, you know, there should be a small booklet with one line quotations of Shurabindo and the mother, easy to read. But it will turn it into a religion precisely because of this. Because there are many other places where Shirubindu may say something absolutely opposite. And one has to bring all these together and bring them together, which is a very difficult task. Because to bring different aspects of the one truth, each one can pick up one quotation and practice it. That's all right for oneself. But no one quotation can become representative of Shirubindu and the mother's thought. For that, one has to read the totality. So she says, overpassing all mental notions and emerging in a transcendence beyond thought. Let me repeat that when we speak of Shirbindo, she is further clarifying. It is not a question of teaching or even of revelation. We may or may not believe that revelation part is not the important part. Teaching is there, but that's not the important part. But of an action from the Supreme upon this, no religion whatsoever can be founded. So it's an action upon the world, on matter, and we have to just participate in that. And then she says, men are such fools that they can change anything at all into a religion. So great is their need for a fixed framework for their narrow thought and limited action. So religions are formed when out of the wideness we cut small strips because wideness is too big to handle. So we must give names. No, no, God is this. No, this, this. So this way, we and we can always find support from something as vast. People have even discovered in the Gita a cult of non-violence. Others have <laughs> discovered in it cult of violence. And Shirovinda says Gita is neither about violence or non-violence, but a third poise, a poise of the spirit. But that's how we, we turn everything into a gospel because it's easy for the thought to grasp. They don't feel secure unless they can affirm this is true and that is not. Typically of Arjuna. Every time Sri Krishna gives him a truth, he says, but just now you told me something else. <laughs> so Sri Krishna, there is another chapter. She so says, please tell me, you are saying that jnana is superior to action. Now you are asking me to act. So tell me which is better. So Shirobindo, Sri Krishna tells him, well, your action must be decided by jnana. So he says, oh, I see. But then what about devotion? So suddenly Sri Krishna comes and says, that is the highest. Oh, I didn't tell you about it. That is the easiest and swiftest. She says, now again, you are confusing me. If devotion is highest, you want me to act, you want me to experience thit pragya. So Sri Krishna says, no, 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 you have again misunderstood me. And you know, it goes on. And at the end, after giving all the frameworks of all the religion, all the approaches, Sri Krishna says something very amazing. 
and he says look i have told you all that you wanted to know but i must tell you there is a greater truth a secret of secrets a profoundest mystery but don't tell it to everyone <laughs> he says this he says don't tell it to those who are hostile to the divine so what is the greatest truth secret of secret sarva guhya tamam so he says sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam vraja so there now arjuna is totally <laughs> and at the end he says look i have told you what i have to say you choose in your freedom what you want to do this is called a wide catholic scripture where within the scripture there is its own corrective first when krishna speaks of sabd brahmati vartate second when he speaks of sarva dharman parityajya and third when he says i have told you what i had to tell you decide you make the final call so there is within the gita corrective but this corrective is unfortunately not everywhere and hence religions form religion and yoga are not situated on the same plane of the being and the spiritual life can exist in its purity only if it is free from all mental dogma so long as this is a narrow cage there can be no true spiritual life it can only be dogmas opinions viewpoints this and that path a time comes when there is no path because everything is a path religion always has a tendency to humanize to create a god in the image of man this is the other problem that we see today the great one has gone so now everybody wants to create a god in his image so if i am barbaric god also must be barbaric if i am ruthless god must be ruthless if i want to punish my enemies god too must be having the same wish to punish my enemies and the mother gives this example it's there in one of the aphorism of shivabindu to create a god in the image of man a magnified and glorified image but essentially always a god with human attributes there are people here who do the same thing she says outside they do it but even here they do it she gives an example it's a very funny example i know some people who had a statue of kali in their house and all kinds of calamities befell them so the last generation became furious and took the idol and threw it into the ganges the worst is the mother says before doing it the worst is they came and asked me <laughs> it's because they want to be sure <laughs> that they are protected <laughs> and mother says what can i say <laughs> i mean kali has nothing to do with it it's just their formation they are not the only ones there have been several cases like that and then she says and to cap it all one of them even asked my permission before doing it <laughs> creating a god in the image of man gives you the possibility of treating it as you would treat a human enemy shubindu zephorism is that semites semites created a god in human image because so that they could give him a good beating so you know this is the way we beat god even drown in the river after few days because you know it's too much to keep the god permanently then of course he says that we should not confuse it with the experience of deities and the gods they are real she gives example of how any deity she would have in her hand that godhead will come and talk to her and she gives particularly example of ganesha so see one she says several ganeshas have come to me and they always come out of the so she kept a ganesha at uh, her table then after some time she says narayan came from badrinath somebody gave her narayan 
This is Narayan is a more imposing deity. So I had to keep him on the table with my on top of my handkerchief. So I knew he will not like to be with Ganesha in the same level. So she spoke to Narayan and tell him, don't feel bad. I know you are at a higher level, but you know, Ganesha is a very nice child. He won't disturb you. He will be very nice. And saying all this, he placated Narayan, then keep, kept both of them on the same table. You see, now they are happy. <laughs> see, they were real to her. So that's not about religion. That's about anybody can experience inwardly Durga and, uh, you know, Kali and Shiva and Christ and Buddha. That doesn't make it a religion because these beings don't come within the boundary of religion. And then she speaks about that black spider which we read. See how beautifully all of mother's experiences. We see same thing in Shubindo's writings. But the mother will put it very pragmatically and absolutely graphically. We heard about the black spider's web and people can pass it as an imagination. Oh, this is an imaginative way of saying a black spider and the web. But look what mother is saying. I remember once going into a church which I won't name, obviously. And I found it a very beautiful place. Must be one of the prominent ones. That's why mother is not naming. It wasn't a feast or ceremony day, so it was empty. There were just one or two people at prayer. I went in and sat down in a little chapel off to the side. Someone was praying there. Someone who must have been in distress. People go to religious shrines and pray. And there was a statue. I no longer know of whom, Christ or the Virgin Mary or, or a saint. I have no idea. And oh, suddenly, in place of this statue, I saw an enormous spider. Now she's seeing it with her occult vision. This is when she was in adolescence. I saw an enormous spider, like a tarantula, you know, but huge. It covered the entire wall of the chapel and was just waiting there to swallow all the vital force of the people who came. It was heart-rending. I said to myself, oh, these people. There was this miserable woman who had come seeking solace, who was praying there, weeping, hoping to find solace and instead of reaching a consciousness that was at least compassionate, her supplications were feeding this monster. Now, of course, if there is a sincere heart, earth, prayer, it can be done anywhere. We don't have to go to a shrine and pray. God is everywhere. He listens to every sincere prayer. She is not saying that we don't pray, but she is showing us the truth and maybe some of the one of the reasons these forces which have occupied some of these shrines, they are active. Then she says, I have seen other things, but I have rarely seen anything favorable in churches. Here I remember going to M. I was taken inside and received there in quite an unusual way. A highly respected person introduced me as a great saint. So there was a saint here. Now she is talking about a Hindu place where somebody has gone and he is a great saint. So he introduced as a saint. They led me up to the main altar where people are not usually allowed to go. And what did I see there? An Asura. Oh, not a very high ranking one, 
मोर लाइक ए राक्षसा बट सच ए मॉन्स्टर सो वी गेट कैरीड अवे ओ कम लेटर सी ए ग्रेट सेंट वी विल टच देयर फीट आई हैड क्वाइट अ फ्यू सच स्टूपिड एक्सपीरियंसिस फोर्सिबली टेकन टू वन हु स्पोक स्टूपिडली अबाउट यू नो दिविंदो इज सेंग द सेम थिंग्स ओवर एंड ओवर अगेन he told me when he came to know the time from shirbindu ashram i was forcibly taken by a friend i don't like to go and i had to tell him right then and there that because of you people the saffron robe has become so corrupt you better you know go for a deeper meditation <laughs> so my friends took me away another place where there was a conference on shirbindu where it was on all life is yoga and they call again some param pooja baba ji in saffron dress so it's so disgusting to see all this and then they asked him to speak on all life is yoga thankfully my talk was after him so i could hear all the nonsense though it was in tamil but i could catch place to place and i asked people what is he saying i don't find it good so when somebody asked him that you know all life is yoga what does he mean he say is very simple whatever you do you eat it is yoga you sleep it is yoga whatever you are doing is yoga so it was as simple as that and all the answers were so stupidly foolish so luckily uh, this was next so i had to clarify lot of things which the respectable holy man had spoken and a third place where another brahmarishi had come again in very holy dresses a great mathadish and when he came all the women were sitting behind in darkness and all the men were in front it was a unusual sight and i'm sure people will recognize which sect i'm speaking of so i asked uh, why is this this is strange why are women sitting behind and all the men are in front so then they told me no 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 the swami ji is not supposed to see the women so they have to sit in the dark so <laughs> luckily again mother's arrangement my turn was next after him so i said we have cut the brahman into two halves one men brahman and the other is women brahman <laughs> so this because he was regarded as brahmarishi so it's everywhere it's not just in you know uh, some places so mother is saying what i saw was a rakshasa not even a high ranking asura so Uh, hideous such a monster so i went wham gesture of giving a blow i thought something was going to happen but this being left the altar and came over to try to intimidate me because he realized of course he saw it was useless so he offered to make an alliance in one of these shurbindo centers exactly the same thing happened another param pujya who is now in jail came to the center and wanted to make a pact and luckily the secretary of the center a very young boy very open to mother and shurbindo he saw the whole drama and he went and told him leave this place at once and he said no no you don't know they were disciples with ak47 he says the whole government i is i can get you in jail i can get you killed he said you dare try it something like a force came into him and he made sure that the man ran away from there within 12 hours his ashram was raided and he is in jail now for last few years so strange things you know and man with following of millions so he offered to make an alliance if you just keep quiet and don't do anything i will share all i get with you because that's all they know so mother said well i sent him packing the head of this mutt it was a mutt with a monastery and temple which means a substantial fortune so he had lot of money but he was an absolutely ruthless man but he deceived me you should have seen it i said nothing not a word about their god i gave no sign that i know anything but i thought to myself 
so that's how it is so so these are the places especially places where in india they say mannat puri hona where you know our um, wishes get fulfilled i keep looking at the watch we still have 5 7 minutes and if i exceed please uh, sushil uh, just get up or lift your hand and i'll know it's time no i i think that was an aberration <laughs> and then she says something very interesting she says that but when i saw the teaching of the gita i realized that it is about the inner divine and within a year she realized it just following that path so we should not confuse the two authentic spiritual experience and a scripture which gives us a frame but goes beyond it very vast from a formal crystallized religion yes those who are sincere will go through that question was asked to mother she said those who are sincere will go through because they are protected but they are a handful the masses are caught in it then she sees an adverse organization in the most material vital to mislead unenlightened spiritual aspirations this also happens i encountered that last night she is saying in 63 there was a kind of preacher teaching how to do things so preachers who give all these do's and don'ts they are the very dangerous people so he was preaching how to do things and each thing i had to contradict and explain so mother was correcting it at that very level because he had quite an audience he has that audience at night and when people wake up they aren't conscious of it so he was doing it it's in the material vital and it influences them it results in a kind of possession this i believe is one of the things happening to many of these youngsters who go to preachers all of them talked about going to a particular preacher going to a particular mosque and then they got converted radically converted within a few sittings this cannot happen unless you know something like that is possessing it was it's a tall black being he is black jet black but he passes himself off as a great initiate people don't see him as he is and he preaches the very things that foster disintegration he is a very good teacher of mischief so what mother does it i offered it all to the lord and so she says i don't know what happened to him it's very interesting of course we are reading all these horrifying thing but sometimes reverse also happens in the om conference in the not om sorry greenville retreat we had a person who was suddenly called in to video conference because the person who used to do the video recording he was not there he was the devotee who used to do so this time they hired a man this man strangely his name was arvind and he was from kadalore so i was very happy you know talking to him then next day he tells me sir i have a question if you don't mind and don't uh, feel bad i will ask you i said sure so he said sir though i am a born hindu i got converted to christianity and then uh, i married a muslim girl and i became a muslim but after hearing you last one and a half days i am thinking i have done wrong things i should get back get back <laughs> on his own so i said you can ask any question he said but i have question i said you ask freely uh, in in this there is nothing like you know you are this conversion all this is real irrelevant because he was scared that you know <laughs> somebody will fire him and then towards the end he was seeing mother everywhere seeing her from all angles it was amazing to see him i mean 
literally and he said i'll come will you i'll bring my mother also will you explain to her she is a hindu but she doesn't know what hinduism is that's why i got angry and revolted will you explain to her i said okay okay let her come coming to ashram itself will help and then one last thing where mother says how to be safe and this is something very interesting if there is one fundamental necessity it is humility and what saves us from all these dangers because the pitfalls are innumerable and the further you progress in yoga the more subtle they become and the more the ego makes itself behind marvelous hides itself masks itself behind marvelous and saintly appearances so when somebody says i no longer want to rely on anything but him see mother is cautioning us how religions are formed when we humanize god i want to close my eyes and rest in him alone this comfortable him which is exactly what you want him to be is the ego or a formidable asura or a titan depending on each one's capacity they are all over the earth the earth is their domain so the first thing to do is to pocket your ego not preserve it but get rid of it as soon as possible so it's so much safer to say mother you and i don't know mother humility you know what is best and not create an image which is convenient and comfortable mother punishes look she will punish or mother will you know all kinds of things contrary also so this is our image and of course when we go beyond and speak about um, god like that you can be sure that the god you have created is a god of the ego whenever something within you insists this is what i feel this is what i think this is what i see it's my way of being my way of understanding my relationship with the divine etc mother says be very careful and what these people forget which is the safety mother says and they forget there is love that's the great secret that which is behind the existent and the non existent the personal and the impersonal love not a love between two things two beings a love containing everything love is the safety when we love god keep him in our hearts want to give ourselves to him not create theories and dogmas and opinions and viewpoints then we are safe after all it's good to know gradually good to have some illusions not for the sake of illusions but as a necessary step along the way everything comes at the right moment and what is wonderful is that at each moment the grace the joy the light the love never ceases pouring down in the very midst of all this this is the safety for all of us whenever we are confronted with all this just to remember love without defining knowing indefinable much vaster than anything we can imagine illimitable the love never ceases pouring down in the very midst of all this despite the ego despite the shame despite the unworthiness to be humble and to remember the great secret love